It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is August 6th. 2020. My name is Philip Ross Reich. I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. You can follow me on Twitter at PhilipRR underscore OMD. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we'll recap the Orlando Magic's loss to the Toronto Raptors and why this was a frustrating preview of a potential playoff series ahead. We'll talk about all that coming up in just a moment. But before we do any of that, I do want to remind you all you can check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast. I work by searching for every download podcast for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Just like this podcast here covering the Orlando Magic with excruciating detail, this podcast covering every single team in the NBA with the same level of care and detail that you can only find from a local expert who knows their team best. Want the Raptors' perspective on this game? Check out our good pals at Locked On Raptors. Want to look ahead to Friday's game with the Philadelphia 76ers? Check out Locked On Sixers. No matter what team you cheer for, whether it's in the NBA, NFL, NHL, MLB, or college too, a lot going on in the world of sports right now. Check, you can check out them out wherever you download podcasts or search for Locked On and the team you're looking for, the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Today's episode is also brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. I'd be lying if I didn't say that it felt like this game started off exactly the same way Tuesday's game started off. You know, maybe some slight differences. You know, certainly effort was better, intensity was better, the defense was a lot better. The Magic held on longer than than they did on Tuesday. But it still felt very much the same. Shots weren't falling and the Magic found themselves in a deep hole. Orlando scores just 11 points in the first quarter. They shoot, I think, 5 of 20. Miss all nine of their three-pointers. It wasn't merely the missed shots. It wasn't merely any of that that kind of frustrated everyone or frustrated me watching this game. Orlando was down 26 to 11 at at the end of the quarter. But what's frustrating about that first half was just how rattled the Magic looked. Again, for a second straight game against a quality opponent, the kind of opponents the Magic need to beat, they need to be able to beat these teams. These are the teams they were able to beat in their playoff run in 2019. The teams they have not been able to beat in 2020. It just looked like the Magic were off. We're we're off put by the physicality of Toronto's defense. We're not really in tune with the game plan or how they needed to attack. And were just caught flat-footed off on their back foot and knocked to the ground before the game really really even started. Now, granted, Orlando played better defense in this game. They were more together defensively. They, they 
were able to kind of scramble and and get stops. Toronto did not run away with this thing by any stretch of the imagination. It was only once the lineup broke that things really started to change for the worse for Orlando. And ultimately, Toronto did build a 23-point lead. So there were problems defensively. It's not like the Magic played a you know overall great game, although statistically, they certainly did some good things on that end. They did enough that it felt like to win the game. But the Magic essentially no-showed a quarter again. And in fact, in every game so far in the seeding round, Orlando's essentially no-showed a quarter. It's one thing when that quarter's the fourth quarter and it's your deep bench guys like Mo Bamba, like Melvin Frazier, like, you know, like Gary Clark to some extent. It's one thing if it's those guys that don't show up and struggle. It's another thing when it's your starters, when it's the first quarter, when you're in that hole from the start of the game. And especially against a quality team like the Toronto Raptors, look, if you're down five, six points, you still have a chance to fight and come back. That's that's a manageable deficit. But when you're down 15, double digits, 12, you know, 20 points to a team like the Raptors, a team that is tied together, that can turn it on, that, that has championship aspirations, that is a position that's going to get you beat. It is hard to come back from that. And granted, while the Magic defense never really recovered in Tuesday's loss to the Indiana Pacers and their offense simply just started playing better to, to make the score look a little more respectable, uh, Magic never really threatening in that game. At least here, the Magic were able to really push the Raptors and make them think a little bit. You know, I'll give the Magic that credit. They righted the ship and, and found a balance. They found a way to attack. They found a way to score after... Scoring only, what, 33 points in the first half? Sorry, 35 points. After only scoring 35 points in the first half, Orlando picked it up. 64 points in the second half against this Toronto team. Outscoring Toronto by 10 in the second half. That's not nothing. Orlando figured some stuff out. and Their defense was pretty good, especially in the third quarter, as they made a push to get back into the game. They got it down to 10. Got it down, I think, actually, I think they got it down to like 9 or 7 at one point in the fourth quarter. Orlando was in the game, and Steve Clifford said after the game, I used too many of my timeouts early in the game. I didn't have any left at the end to kind of help the, help them get, get back, to, to recover and, and refocus and, you know, get back into the game. I'm going to find that response a little dubious here. Orlando did good things. This wasn't a terrible game, and you know maybe the, the trend line is trending up after a disappointing loss to the Pacers and, and now a frustrating loss to the Raptors. But make no bones about it. Don't, don't let that moral victory get you. This is about winning. It's about being able to compete with a team that you're going to be in a seven-game series with, you hope. You hope, because obviously, you know, you're not in seventh right now. You're, you're trailing you're trailing the Nets. You hope to be in that spot. You hope to be facing this team again. And the way you're playing, the way that you played, is not going to get the job done. You can't have what I mean, all due respect to Wessel Wundu, who played a very solid and energetic game. Wessel Wundu cannot be your leading scorer. He cannot be the guy that, that, that you're relying on for offense. 
Yes, Aaron Gordon went out of the game. I will talk about that in a moment. But Gary Clark cannot be your offensive spark. You need your top guys to get it from the tip. And that's really what these last two games have shown us. The most frustrating and infuriating part of the season are those first quarters. Because guess what? Those aren't isolated incidents. Now, the Orlando Magic suffered a potentially serious blow in the game when Aaron Gordon was fouled on a, a layup attempt by Kyle Lowry. It was a flagrant foul. Lowry kind of, you know, was Aaron Gordon had beaten Kyle Lowry. He was, you know, past him. And Lowry kind of pushed him pushed him in the stomach, and, and Gordon landed awkwardly. He was officially diagnosed with a, a hamstring injury, or that's what the team is describing it as. We don't yet have word on how severe that injury is. Um, it is certainly possible that Gordon could miss some time, as, as the Magic are one win or one Wizards loss away from clinching a playoff spot, and that's ultimately what matters. Uh, you know, these, these seeding games are, you know, something of a warm-up more than anything else. But... Um, but the Magic certainly, you know, are already pre-thin at power forward. Um, extremely thin at power forward, actually. Uh, and down Jonathan Isaac, a, a building block of this franchise. And losing Aaron Gordon, another, you know, building block of this franchise, would be a serious blow to a team that has a low margin of error. Um, I'm not going to get into whether the play was dirty or not. I think a flagrant foul was warranted. It was a dangerous foul. I get why Kyle Lowry was committing the foul, you know, because you play to the whistle and, and he's trying to prevent a basket. And, um, you know, I get that. Um, all things considered, these guys are smart. They're in control of their bodies. They're in control of their decisions. Did he need to foul there with the lead, what it was, and understanding both where Toronto is as a team that's essentially clinched the second seed at this point, um, as well as understanding that, you know, these games are something of a warm-up, that there's no reason to, you know, no reason to, to hurt anybody or, or put put yourself or put a player in a position where they could get hurt. There's it, it, a little, in that sense, it's a little Bush League from Kyle Lowry. Um, you know, I, I, I'm i not going to say, again, I, I, I think that a flagrant foul was appropriate. It was a dangerous decision. Um, regardless of the situation, even if it was the playoffs, it would be a dangerous decision. Um, I, I don't think Kyle should have done what he did. Um, I think the uh, uh, what I think the punishment was appropriate. A flagrant foul also comes with a fine. Um, Magic got two free throws out of it, got the ball, continued their momentum, but unfortunately losing Aaron Gordon for any period of time would hurt this team significantly. And I do mean that significantly because in this game, Aaron Gordon was one of the few guys that was really able to create off the dribble consistently uh, and make things happen. And, and that's that's obviously something that this team is really, really, really lacking. But, um, you know, the Orlando Magic, just, again, even with that, they, they, they just did not have enough in this game. And, you know, unfortunately, this is the goal, to, to face the Raptors again, to see the Raptors. I mean, Evan Fournier even said that afterward. Afterward, Like, they, they want to see the Raptors in the play. I mean, not want to, but they would like to see the Raptors in the playoffs because that means they finish seventh. Uh, and it's a challenge, I think, that they understand. Um, but the question, uh, and the big question, is whether they can execute in that challenge. And, and I think that's really what we've seen this team struggle with over the last couple of days. And that's what we're going to have to talk about a little bit more after we go through the box score. But before we do any of that, y'all know it by now. RockAuto.com is the place to go, rock, is the place to go to get all your car parts and, and avoid the 
the mess of the, the auto parts store. It is, it, you know, it is intimidating to me as someone who's not a big car guy. I don't know what I'm looking at. I can barely put together um, IKEA furniture, <laughs> so I'm not even going to touch an engine. But when I do have little fixes that I need to make, going into those stores is really, really tough because I'm never quite sure I'm getting what I need or that they're going to have what I need. Um, you know, it's it's. There's certainly a knowledge gap. Well, rockauto.com, I think, closes that knowledge gap significantly. It is a family business serving auto parts customers online for the last 20 years. You go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They literally have, they have almost literally, I don't want to say literally, I'm not going to make that promise to you. They have so many things that you probably would not be able to find at the auto parts store. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand specifications and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write locked on, this is the important part, write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's run through that final box score for you. It's going to be a little bit of an ugly one for the Orlando Magic as the Magic kind of reverted back to their kind of December form uh, of play where you know, they were decent defensively. They probably played good enough defense to give themselves a chance to win, but their offense was just so abysmal for most of the night um, that they weren't able to really make a dent in any deficit or, or make any serious push. The Magic's defense kept them in this game. Um, the Magic really tightened their defense up in the second half. second half was significantly better. The Magic made some really nice adjustments, uh, and they played really well. They executed well. They gave themselves a chance to get back in the game. But again, you dig yourself a 15-point hole in the first quarter, it's going to be tough to climb out against, especially against a strong defensive team like the Raptors. This game was a major struggle for the Orlando Magic. So many guys at the Magic need to play well. I mean, I, I cannot stress this enough. The the um, margin for error for this team is so small, especially with Jonathan Isaac out, especially with Michael Carter-Williams out. You take out you know, any little piece, you know, even key role players in this rotation— the whole thing starts to wobble and shake, and 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 especially you know when so, when one guy is having a bad night, another guy needs to be able to step up. And, and you know, again, I would say for the Magic to win and win, you know, you know, uh, you know, against quality opponents, even five or six things need to happen. Um, you probably need four out of five or four out of six of those things to happen tonight or on Wednesday night. You know, maybe two did, and, and that's why you lose the way you did. Um, Nikola Vucevic, again, struggled against Marc Gasol. It's a long and, and somewhat tired story. 
12 points, 4 for 10 shooting, 9 rebounds, 3 assists, 2 steals for him. Um, just didn't have good touch on his shots. Gasol did a good job kind of knocking him off his spot early on in the game, keeping him from the post. Vucevic didn't really have great touch around the rim, didn't have great touch on his jumpers. But, you know, honestly, I would say this, though. I thought this was actually not a bad showing from Nikola Vucevic against Marcus Gasol. Um, you know, yes, the stat line doesn't look good, and Vucevic is in there to score. The Magic need him to score. But Vucevic did a good job, you know, kind of working the free throw line area, uh, you know, and and directing the Magic Steve offense a little bit. Um, you know, I, 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 I kind of said this, you know, watching the Raptors play defense. The Raptors' defensive style is they they trap. You know, they are a hard trapping team. You get into the paint, you're going to be surrounded by three guys, and they're going to trust that their length and their togetherness and their rotations is going to get out to any shooters um, that you pass to, and because you're pl- you're because you're passing and playing under pressure and under constant pressure, everything's going to be rushed. You know that pass is going to be floated a little too high. Guy may fumble it when he catches it and have to readjust. That gives the defense time to to, to recover. You know everyone is playing at such kind of a frenetic and frenzied pace to try and avoid the traps and avoid the pressure. You know even open shots can be a little bit sketchy because you know you're 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 rushing before the defense gets to you before the defense is able to rotate and adjust to where you are. So the Raptors do a really good job with any dribble penetration, anything inside the paint, just surrounding and trapping it and just trusting that they can get out to three-point shooters. I mean, Steve Clifford said, what the Raptors give you is spot-up threes, but they're kind of betting on that they can trap you, force a rushed pass, and get out to the shooters in time to contest. Um, that's, that's, kind of the, that's kind of the Raptors' gamble. And they execute, you know, and honestly... Go go back and watch this game, and, and when we get to the playoffs, we will talk more about the way the Raptors, you know, play defense. Because obviously, um, if the Magic play them, that's obviously that's going to be a big deal. They are their rotations are so sharp and so good that it, it's it's tough. It's just really really tough to beat. Um, you know, the Magic kind of found something that worked a little bit. Um, you know, Evan Fournier said a big part of why they were successful in the second half is they started pushing the pace a lot more. They started getting into their sets quicker before the defense could get set. And that is how you beat, that's typically how you beat teams. And that's something that the Magic really worked on, worked on and, and helped their offense get to the next level. But that's not what happened in this game. The offense did not run with that pace. It took a long time to get to that pace. Nikola Vucevic, though, when the Magic were in the half court, when they were able to find some success, Vucevic usually had a nice paint touch at the top of the key or around the free throw line area. Um, that kind of got the Raptors to collapse a little bit or got the defense to move a little bit. That's that's an absolute key. So while Vucevic's stat line does not look great, and and I'm uh, and fully admitting that, you know, y'all y'all know I probably defend Vucevic a little bit more than, than a lot of people. I think some of the narratives that uh, people online have about him aren't entirely true. I'm not saying they're completely wrong. I think there is definitely truth to it, but I think some of it is embellished. Vucevic, I thought, did a good job directing traffic. But of course, like I say with Evan Fournay, like I say with Terrence Ross, their job when they're in there is to score. And if they're not scoring, they are not doing their job. It's hard to say that they are they're taking care of the team and doing what their teammates need them to do. Evan Fournay, 15 points, 4 for 11 shooting, 1 for 5 from beyond the arc, 6 for 7 from the foul line. Fournier was just out of whack all game. Um, he said after the game that his legs are not where he wants it to be. So there's probably a little bit of conditioning and kind of rhythms still being gained. Fournier struggled a lot in the scrimmages, but... He played well in the Magic's two games against the Kings and the Nets. So, I, I, you know, I don't know how much I want to buy it, but I will say this. The Magic have just completed playing four games in, uh, what is it, six days or in seven days. Um, that That's pretty sizable. That's, you know, yeah, four games in six days, I think, and five days, actually. 
Uh, no, not four games in five days because um, they had two days off. You know, I, I'm, I'm blanking on how to do math these days. But um, in any case, Magic had played four, what, four games in six days. That is a lot. That is a lot for a team to play. Um, you know, that they, they everyone knew the seeding round was going to be a bear. It was going to be really, really tough. And the Magic will have four games again in, in, in like six or seven days coming up here too to, to finish it off. Um, just a day in between each game. Um, that is a lot. Uh, and so I think I think there is a I, you know honestly I do think there was a little bit of fatigue going on in both in somewhat both the Indiana and Toronto game. That's not an excuse. Um, you know maybe I am trying to find an excuse, but that that's 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 kind of how how it is. Um, Fournier just he's got to make shots, and if he's not making shots, he's he's really it's really tough to justify him being on the floor because that's why he's in the game. That's why he has a trust because he will make shots. Um, Terrence Ross. 15 points, 6 for 14, shooting 3 for 11 from the on the arc. Got himself going, especially in the fourth quarter and third quarters. It's got to help the Magic get back in the game. But again, the Raptors do. The Raptors probably better than any team in the league know how to throw double teams at him. They do a really good job setting angles, uh, have, having the double team anticipate where Ross is going to be. And so a big key for Ross if the Magic play the Raptors in the playoffs is A, you know, maybe disguise, change how you're coming off screens, kind of the Magic have to do a better job kind of setting him up. That was something they really struggled with in last year's playoffs. Um, and the other thing is Ross has got to be a willing passer. He's got to come around those screens sometimes looking to pass, thinking, okay, that double's going to be there. I may not be able to have a clean shot, so let me attract the extra man and know where the next guy's going to be. So some of this is very schematic that the Magic have to do to make it better. Um, he only had, he had two assists in the game, so, you know, Ross... Ross did help move the ball just a, a little bit. Um, Magic finished with 26 assists on 35 field goal makes. It tells you how much moving the ball and passing is, is going to be for this team. Aaron Gordon, 9 points, 11 rebounds, 5 assists on 3 for 9 shooting. When Nikola Vucevic was not working the high post, Aaron Gordon was. And again, you know, before Aaron went out, he played 20 minutes in this game, nearly 20 and a half minutes. Um, before Aaron went out in this game, he was the catalyst for the team in a lot of ways. Just like he was against Indiana, he did a good job attacking um, and trying to force things to happen. Sometimes a little bit too much. Um, you know, I think a big problem in the first half that was fixed in the second half, Orlando was trying to get the deficit back. They knew they were struggling, and so everyone was just kind of going on their own. You know, maybe one pass, pick, and roll, but for the most part, everyone was trying to go on their own to get the deficit back, and that's not going to cut it. The ball has to move. It has to move to the next man. It has to move to the extra man. You have to make the extra pass. You have to trust that it's going to be there, and you have to make the shot. Um, Gordon did a good job creating and trying to get the, the defense to move. you got to give him credit for that. Um, did a really good job playmaking and passing the ball. So that was that was a solid sign for him, and hopefully he'll be able to play in Friday's game. Marco Fultz off the bench with eight points on two for nine shooting. Was able to get in the paint a little bit. You know, really struggled with his shot. Um, uh, just kind of setting himself up. So uh, a tough night for him. Wesson Wundu with 11 points. Like I said, he was one of the leading scorers on the team. Gary Clark with Gordon out scores 10 points on 4-for-5 shooting, including 2-for-4 from beyond the arc. Big part of the reason the Magic were able to make a little bit of push to threaten the lead was Gary Clark and Wesson Wundu. Good energy from both of them. Clark hits some timely shots. Um, an overall solid game for him. Orlando shoots 40.2% for the game, so obviously a struggle from there. 11-for-41 from deep. Way too many three-pointers, but that's kind of what the Raptors give you. Um... 13 turnovers, so they they did a decent job protecting the ball. The Raptors, very good at turning turnovers into baskets, so not a team you can make mistakes against. The Magic did some good things defensively. Toronto shoots only 48.7% from the floor, only a 104 offensive rating, so the Magic did keep them in check. 
12 for 33 from beyond the arc, so gave up a few threes, but not, nothing too serious. Forced 15 turnovers, including seven from Pascal Siakam. A really nice defensive job from the Magic overall on Siakam. He scores 15 points on 5 for 12 shooting. Aaron Gordon deserves a lot of credit for that defensive effort. Um, you know, Jonathan Isaac usually gets the Siakam call, um, but the Magic did a good job containing him. But just too much uh, from the guards. Um, the Magic just did not defend the perimeter very well again. Fred Van Vliet, 21 points, 10 assists. Kyle La- uh, Norman Powell, 14 points, 2 assists. Kyle Lowry, 10 assists as well, including 9 rebounds, 4 turnovers as well. Um, pa- uh, again, OG Ananobi did a good job sneaking along the baseline for 12 points. So the Magic just, again, same thing as Tuesday. Dug themselves a hole, put themselves behind against a very good team, against a very tough defensive team. They found their footing. They gave themselves a chance. They made a little bit of a run, um, but just couldn't get over the hump, couldn't couldn't uh, make up that final deficit. The Orlando Magic fall to the Toronto Raptors 109-99. to They're back in action Friday against the Philadelphia 76ers. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And look, it's on everyone's mind. Now, we looked at this game against the Toronto Raptors even... Uh, in the regular season, although we anticipated that that guys would be resting for, for that final game, that everything would be wrapped up. But we thought about it even in November. These matchups with the Toronto Raptors are more than just a, a matchup against a really good team. It seemed destined, and it still seems destined. I'm not, I'm not counting out the Brooklyn Nets. Nets fans checking us out. I'm not saying the Magic are cinched to get the seven seed. That game next Tuesday is going to be a battle. It should be a battle. It should be a war, and I'm looking forward to it. Um, but it has felt like this game against the Raptors is 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 always has bigger meaning. It felt like the Magic were going to run into the Raptors again in the playoffs. It felt like that even back in November, and and it it always proved to be a difficult matchup. You know, the Raptors are team are kind of the team the Magic want to be at some point. That's the franchise that the Magic are somewhat modeling themselves after. And it's a team that has progressively gotten better to get to that championship level. They didn't have a superstar. They went out and acquired one. They drafted one late. It's a team that's had to grind and fight for everything. Uh, you know, again, I know. But this is going to be a discussion about rebuilding. We'll, we'll get to that in the offseason. But this is a discussion of is whether the Magic measure up. We talked yesterday about how the Magic aren't measuring up. How, you know, they had that big game against the Pacers and they fell woefully short. Then they did it again. But it's how the Raptors did it that I think matters most. That I think is most telling and most damning about the Magic and and kind of the season that they've had. The... The Raptors play that swarming defensive style that I described earlier in the show. 
it is tough to break. It, it, is, it is not something that is easy to say. And that's why the Raptors are such a good defensive team. You know, they, they're, they're, they're so finely tuned in what they do. And Nick Nurse is great at throwing different curveballs in it. It's like an offense. It has progressions and it has wrinkles. They're so good at what they do that it's tough even if you execute well to beat it. That's, that's what good teams are. But what's disappointing about both the Indiana game and the Orlando game is how the Magic didn't look ready to play. How they got blitzed from the very start. How they didn't know exactly what was coming and executed. They know exactly what's coming. Steve Clifford is one of the best teachers and preparers in the league. You can't tell me they didn't know exactly how the Raptors were going to play them. But they didn't execute. And less than execution, honestly, more than that, the Magic took a punch and staggered. They didn't stand their ground. They looked a little scared. They looked a little frustrated. They looked a little angry. They looked like they'd abandoned the game plan offensively, to be frank. I don't know if that was the case or not, but it sure looked like as Aaron Gordon drove wildly to the basket or James Ennis drove wildly to the basket or they ran another just kind of quick pick-and-roll play without getting the ball moving from side to side, keeping it on one side of the floor. As they did all these things, it felt like the Magic were giving into frustration and looking for someone to kind of lead them, to get them to do the right thing or to get the ball to the right person. This was a playoff preview. Whether we want to believe it or not, whether the Magic actually face the Raptors or not, this is what the team can look forward to in the postseason. And it's not looking good. This is a team that has to fight for something, has to fight for its 17, has to fight to win its way into the postseason. The Magic don't want the Wizards, lose, Wizards losing to get clinch them a spot. The Magic want to win that spot. They want to be celebrating on the floor Friday against Philadelphia that they clinched a playoff spot. Not that the Wizards handed it to them. It's going to happen eventually. I'm sorry, Wizards fans. But they got to play like a playoff team too. And that means an intensity and a togetherness that the Magic haven't shown, at least in the last two games. It sure looked like they had it against Sacramento and against Brooklyn, especially against Sacramento, probably their most complete game of the year. But as Aaron Gordon said after Tuesday's game, that was fool's gold. Sorry, Sacramento, you're not a playoff team. Sorry, Brooklyn, you're also kind of not a playoff team. When the schedule came out, we knew those two games were going to be important nonetheless. But we knew those two games were going to be easier on paper than anything the Magic faced the rest of the way. We all figured 2-0 was a, a must, if not 1-1 being a must, to avoid a playing game and stay in the race for 7th. We knew that eventually Orlando would have to beat these kinds of teams, like Philadelphia's, like the Boston's, like the Indiana's, like the Toronto's, if they wanted to win in the playoffs. And frankly, the way that they played in those two games does not look like a team that's going to win in the playoffs. Looks like a team that wants things a little easier. That only dictates the terms when the other team allows them to. 
that doesn't have the killer instinct or the ability to rise above good defense to execute and make plays. Team that gets frustrated early. But, and the only bright side I can think of, does get better as the game goes along. Can refocus and can play at a high level. This wasn't a playoff game. Let's be perfectly clear. The Magic did do good things. Just just like they did some good things against Indiana. But this is not the time for moral victories. This is not the time to bask in whatever little positives we can get. I'm an optimist. I find them anyway. I'm not going to ignore them. I want them to be real. I want them to be true. But this is not the time that those matter. That that is enough. This is the time to win. And the one thing the Magic haven't done all year is beat a team like the Toronto Raptors consistently. Beat a team like the Boston Celtics. Beat a team like the Philadelphia 76ers. Beat those teams and you are in business. Beat those teams and that's how you advance in the postseason. Allow those teams to harass, to rush, and make you uncomfortable. To allow them to dominate you physically. That's how you go home early. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Or find us on Twitter at Locked on Magic. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Such your tune in Himalaya, Google Play, Spotify, and all the fun places on the podcast to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can find me on Twitter at R underscore OMD. And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. Coming up on tomorrow's episode, we'll review where the Magic are at at the midpoint of the seeding round. So we'll, we'll dive into some of the stats uh, stats for the Magic uh, as the seeding round continues. We'll also talk a little bit about the Magic's game against the Philadelphia 76ers. But until then, for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Phil Cross from Mike. I'll see you again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.